Shut up and sit down. How we doing? Uh, welcome to the podcast. Still working on uh, fading that out and working on my editing a little bit, but this is episode five and the first episode of 2018. So happy new year to all you folks out there whenever you get this. Hope uh, hope the new year has started well for you and, uh, and everything is going well. Weird thing with... Uh, the New Year's resolutions and, and all of that that are flooding my uh, Twitter feed and my Instagram feed and New Year, New You and all that good stuff. So uh, yeah, getting ready for the for the gym to be packed for a couple of weeks as the resolutioners, as they're calling them, um, take their take their place in the gym for the fortnight that they feel motivated and then you know, by February, everything will be back to normal, and the, uh, the fat fucks will be back being fat fucks, and the people who are, are actually doing it as a lifestyle choice will continue to have their space back, um, but, you know, I'm not against anybody that wants to get up and, and give it a good try, that's, uh, you know, that's always a positive thing, so, uh, so good luck to all your, all you revolutioner, <laughs> resolutioners out there. Um, any of you that have made the New Year's resolution to, you know, be healthier, uh, eat better, work out, you know, make a make a lifestyle change for yourself. Good luck. I wish you all the best. I was there a few years ago, and I know how hard it is, uh, but I know once the penny drops, that uh, you know what do they say? Twenty one days do something for 21 days and it becomes a habit. Bullshit. Don't buy it. Don't care if there's research on it. It takes a lot longer than that. I was a fat fuck about three years ago and I decided to make a, to make a change. And after three months, I was nowhere near fully committed to a new lifestyle change. I thought I was, but I wasn't. So saying that you can do something for 21 days and that's like, you know, that develops a habit. Yeah. Skeptical on that one. But good luck nonetheless. You have to start somewhere. And uh, I do a little personal training on the side of my kind of nine to five work. And when I'm not doing this, I actually do like to help people stay stay fit, stay healthy and, you know, get fit and get healthy if that's, uh, you know, the beginning of the journey. So anyways, good luck to all you New Year's resolutioners out there. I don't really believe in it. Uh, I think it's a load of shit. Um, but if it helps, you know, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of like religion a little bit. If you, you know, if you feel that you need it to make yourself, you know, a better person or to act in a certain way, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, then, the moderate side of me says then to each their own, you know, do what you want to do. Um, just cut it out with the bullshit on Instagram and on Twitter, you know, just do you, do you. I was guilty of this when I first started. 
So take it as a piece of advice. Don't do that. Don't be the so grateful for today. Let's go smash this weekend, you know. Be the lion, whatever the fuck. Um, don't do that. Especially if you're, uh, you know, one of these Instagram models or, you know, in fact, anybody. Just fucking stop doing that. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's cheesy. It's repetitive. It's redundant. And it's not original. If you guys were saying something original, then then great. But guess what? It's all been said. It's all been said. You can't you can't be a motivational speaker or a person that preaches success and results driven behavior if all you've done is created a following off of promoting motivational behavior. If you haven't actually accomplished anything outside of spewing somebody else's ideas, you're not a motivational speaker, you're a plagiarist. You're a copycat and you're full of shit. So yeah, don't do that, don't do that. Anyways, anyways, I don't really do the New Year's resolutions. I feel that you make the change when you're truly ready to do it, not because you're prompted by a day. Uh, you can't, you know, you've eaten like shit all year. You've treated your body like shit all year. And then you're like, you know what? January 1st, that's it. New year, new me, change the game. We're going all in, calorie counting, exercise every day. Fuck you, CrossFit, you know, hashtag blessed, hashtag beast mode. <laughs> um, you know, stop. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, yeah, I just think that if you're going to make a change, you're going to do it when you're ready. It was like when I was drinking too much, people around me, some were like, yeah, keep going, do what you do, there's nothing wrong with you, you know, some people were very concerned, some people were mildly concerned, I was in a haze, but no outside feedback really helped, it was just a switch that went off in me one day, because you can't threaten people and you can't, you know, you can't force people into things. They have to do it when they're ready to do it, I believe, anyhow. And um, and that's what happened for me. I woke up one day, felt like shit, hung over for the 15th day in a row. Um, and just basically decided I didn't want to die of, you know, liver failure, kidney failure, um, you know, when I was 40, you know. That wasn't the path. So penny dropped for me and I made the change on that day and haven't looked back since. Uh, I'm not a teetotaler, but, you know, my intake of things like that has, you know, drastically been reduced because guess what? There's a direct correlation between the shit that you put in your mouth and the way you look in the mirror. Surprise, surprise. It's not complicated. 
You don't need all these motivational people fucking spouting off all these one-liners and these sound bites and, you know, people who have had plastic surgery and, and, and people who have enough cash to, you know, hire personal trainers seven days a week or whatever it may be, you know, tummy tucks and bullshit like that. They, these are not the people. Just look in the mirror, man. Fuck. Be accountable. Be accountable. Accountability. That should be the word for 2018. You should be held accountable. I'm sitting here right now looking at the news, um, actually watching Al Jazeera for some, uh, some, some less slanted views on things, let's say. Um, you know, and they've got Trump up here starting a new year, fucking threatening Pakistan and threatening Palestinians and, you know, cutting funding from Anwar, I think the company, the uh, organization's called, who like the U.S. gave like 300 million to a few years back. And that accounts for like 30% of their funding. And this cocksucker is coming out uh, basically saying they don't want to recognize my decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Well, fuck them. They can starve. You know, Accountability should be the word of the year for 2018. It should be hashtag accountability, except don't say hashtag because that's a really fucking douchey way to talk. Accountability, people. It's the new year. Come on. We got to get back to uh, to sensible thinking, to critical thinking, decision making, and, and breaking this shit down and holding everybody, including yourself, accountable. Those around you, corporations, you know, Apple have been slowing our phones down on purpose. Well, no shit. I've been, I called this, God, three years ago? Three years ago, I was saying, as soon as they launch a new model, they do something, and I was being all conspiracy theory, thinking like yeah, they switch a, they flick a switch, and I don't know exactly how it works, because I'm not a technical guy, but they're slowing down the batteries. They're slowing down the performance of the phone to manage the shit batteries or something like that, right? The demand of the new operating system upgrades puts too much tax on the battery that's in that model. So therefore, they slow down the operational processing to make sure that the phone can still function, but it doesn't because it functions like shit. Um, I don't know if that's a, the correct explanation for that, but it's something along those lines. And we're going to hold Apple accountable? Nope. Company's got $250 million in the bank, yet they feel it necessary to conduct themselves with tactics like this. Because despite what they say about you know, doing it to manage performance and to optimize performance or anything like that. That is a load of bullshit. All they're doing is getting you to buy a new phone, right? Very, very simple. It's the same reason that when they launched the iPhone X, which I have because I'm a fucking sucker too and I paid a grand and a half for that. Um, but it's the reason that they have the 64 gig model and they have the 256 gig model. Now on other phones, they would do 32, 64, and 128 gig space, right? Memory. But all of a sudden, they remove the middle one. Why? 
because they know that you can barely do anything with 64 gigs these days in terms of, you know, media storage or, you know, having these apps that are taking more space on. And, you know, the, the more interactive we are with our phones, the more uh, storage that we, we require. And therefore, 64 gigs for, you know, anybody that's really in into media or into, you know, kind of, you know, doing stuff on their phone, you need the higher storage. And me personally, I had the 128 on the six that I had. And that's exactly what I would have gone for because it was perfect. I would use about 75 gigs of space. The phone would still operate, you know, reasonably well until they launched the seven, in which case then the six became dog shit. Um, but, you know, it was the right size. But what they've done now, they've put it on the on two extremes. They give 64 gig and they give 256 gig. So you're forced to go to the 256 gig and pay that extra cash. And then the iPhone X1 will come out or whatever the fuck. And then the X will slow down. I did a bit of a review on my X on, on the last podcast. Um, and, you know, it's already starting to slow down. I mean, I've had it a month. You know, I've been so delicate with it. I've been so, like, careful not to drop it, not to put it down too harsh because, you know, God forbid you treat it like a fucking phone. You have to treat this thing like you've got a piece, a, a Fabergé egg in your hand these days. Um, and it's just it's just a bit ridiculous. Um, but point being is nobody's going to hold Apple accountable. I mean, yeah, the internet game came in, you know, went into an uproar about it for five minutes and Apple were like, okay, here's some fucking, here's some batteries uh, for cheap. We'll give them to you for 30 bucks. So no giving them to you. Sorry for, sorry for fucking you over on purpose. Here is a complimentary battery. No, 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 none of that shit. Here's one for $30. Here's one for $30. Sorry for fucking you over on purpose. Here's something you can buy as an apology, right? Think about it. It's $30, right? So if, oh, fuck. Here, you're going to put me on the spot. Do some math, right? Let's go easy. A million people buy a battery. It's 39 million bucks in Apple's pocket, right? What are we talking about here? Two million people buy it, seventy-eight million dollars, so on and so forth. So they make money off that as well. They don't include the iBuds or the iPods, the 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 earbud things. Not in a hundred fifty bucks or hundred fifty quid for that one, you know. And if you bought a seven and you had to buy that little fucking dongle piece, Because we got rid of the headphone jack. Like, what the fuck, man? They're not held accountable, right? Too big. They're too big. They're too powerful. They're too encompassing. You know, same with Google and, you know, all these companies, man. We're putting our hands. These companies have their hands in all of our pockets, in all of our homes, in all of our work. I mean, literally everywhere, everywhere. I guarantee that anybody that's listening to this podcast either has an Apple a Microsoft, um, you know, one of, right. I guarantee that 
everybody listening to this, that may be two of you, that may be 2,000 of you. I don't know. We haven't put them out yet. So, um, But I guarantee that anybody listening to this will either have one or multiple of the following. An Apple product, a Microsoft product, and a Google product. Right? And this could be anything from a Gmail account to an iPhone to a Kindle. Right? Or... It could be the laptop that you're operating off because that's going to run Windows and therefore you're Microsoft, but you've probably got an iPhone sitting beside you or maybe you're a Samsung person. I don't know. Therefore, you've got a Microsoft product, you've got an Apple product, and you probably have a Gmail account or you are definitely searching on Google, right? Then throw Facebook in there. I mean, who the fuck is holding these people accountable, right? I mean, Zuckerberg's a psychopath. I mean, Facebook is as destructive a platform or product that I can recall from an emotional and spiritual and intellectual point of view. It is, it is a race to the bottom. It's a race to the bottom in terms of these products and these service providers uh, and these tech companies that can really dumb down our, our mental functionality, our cognitive functionality. We are becoming zombies and nobody's holding these people accountable. It's turning us into zombies and therefore we won't hold these companies accountable because we don't have the attention span to follow through with anything significant. It's really fucked up if you think about it. Um, but the best thing you can do is be aware. Um, and, you know, if something, if something tips, you know, the cap in one way, is that even a saying? Uh, you know, if something happens that really fucks you off, at least you can vote and at least you can speak with your wallet. And that's the best way you can hold these companies accountable. It's the best way voters in America can hold um, Donald Trump accountable. It's, it's the only way in a capitalist society, in a, in, a, in a society that runs purely for profit, which... You know, I would have a hard time listing a sector or an industry that doesn't have that as its sole purpose. Um, you know, even the CEOs of these charity charities are 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 making six figure sums and shit. Um, but it's accountability, people. It's accountability for you. It's accountability for those around you and those that you interact with, whether that be corporate entities or coworkers or whoever accountability is the word right that that's for me that's what 2018 should be about because we got to get back to some level of normalcy because 2017 was just a fucking shit show um so anyways now that dark rant is over uh yeah accountability be accountable be accountable to yourself don't listen to fucking instagram models and people like that because guess what they don't give a shit about you you are a commodity right anybody on social media the users are the commodity right that's all they want they want your data and they want your eyeballs that's all they want and they f they spoon feed you 
dog shit and people swallow it with a smile on their face. It's hilarious. Anyways, happy new year. <laughs> um, you're the dog. <clears throat> if you're going by the, uh, the Chinese calendar, you're the dog. What does that mean? Like you're the rooster, you're the pig, you're the monkey, right? All these, uh, the Chinese, what is it? The Chinese Zodiac or whatever it is of the Chinese, uh, I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, but apparently this is the year of the dog. So, hey, um, what, what's that mean? Anything significant? Nope. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. Um, but I can think of one thing that we could do being that this is, uh, you know, this is based on, you know, the Chinese calendar uh, cycle. Um, how about canceling the festival seeing as this is a year of the dog could we cancel the festival where you go around and you you kill all the dogs and you eat them could could we stop that seeing as it's the year of the dog and i would imagine that if it's on like some sort of a zodiac calendar that there is some sort of significance in there because you could have just picked like a strawberry right like year of the strawberry or um, like year of the bamboo or, uh, you know, fucking, I don't know, you know, year of the samurai star, you know, I don't know, but it's not, it's always animals. So how about we give them a break and don't eat them and don't put them in those small fucking cages, you know? 2018, folks, again, accountability. China is not impervious to people speaking with their wallets, right? I mean, all your shit comes from there anyways. Stop it. If you give a fuck, you know, stop it. You can talk with your wallets. You can hold these folks accountable. So yeah, year of the dog, China. Hey, China, year of the dog, yeah? Can we kill that festival? About fucking time. Don't give me any cultural uh, significance around it because I don't want to hear it. It's a load of shit. Okay? So... <sighs> Stop eating Snoopy. Hey, Papa. I got my little ones here with me. I got a couple dogs. And when we go video, I've said this before, but when we go video uh, with this thing, then you'll get to meet them. But they're uh, they're pretty special. And they're, uh, they're a couple small bubbas. I love them. They're crazy as shit. But uh, they're, they're, they're good. I'm, I'm a big dog person. So, uh, so you're the dog is particularly special for me. <clears throat> Not at all. Because don't believe in bullshit. <coughs> speaking of bullshit, speaking of accountability, I think we'll call this the accountability episode. How about that? Seeing as we're, you know, New Year and, you know, turning over a new leaf and making all these resolutions and everybody's doing it. Okay, let's, let's, let, let's make this the accountability show, shall we? Um, accountability. Yeah. So who else needs to be held accountable? Well, there's been some real uproar over this YouTube kid, 
what's his name? Paul Logan. Paul, Paul Logan. Logan Paul. I don't fucking know. I'm old. Uh, you know, call me old fashioned, but I actually like content that, that, that means something or that goes somewhere. You know, I like my mindless shit as well. I like my comedy and I like my, you know, kind of just, uh, you know, my half-baked bullshit. But, you know, generally I like to spend my time consuming content that, that adds something to my existence. Um, you know, and that's everything from comedy to drama to horror to fiction to nonfiction to whatever it is I'm consuming. But what I don't watch is I don't watch 22-year-old kids run around on YouTube just fucking around for the sake of fucking around. That's boring. Real boring. And especially when all these guys are, you know, cookie cutter type idiots. Um, but so you've probably seen it. And by the time this gets published, it's probably going to be old news. And I'm sure it'll have been forgotten about. And we'll have moved on to the next atrocity. But, uh, you know, I say that, I say that kind of sarcastically because, all right, so what's his fucking name, Paul Logan or Logan Paul, whatever his name is, whatever his name is, he's a douchebag surfer, little kid that, you know, is making millions of fucking dollars on YouTube, good for him, beautiful, you know, he's got the teens and the babies. Uh, you know, the little kids just watching him incessantly. I think the kid's got like 17 million followers or something or subscribers on YouTube. So, you know, all the best to him, you know, crack on if he doesn't, if this doesn't absolutely ruin his career, uh, if you can even call being a YouTube star a career. Um, anyways, so he's in the suicide forest as it's uh, eloquently been labeled in uh, in Japan and he's filming a vlog and what do you know comes across some bodies and I've watched the video now and my takeaway from because I mean obviously he published it and that was this you know it was one of his first mistakes, but, um, you know, people are in uproar about it and I can see it from both sides. I can see it from both sides. On the one hand, I can see people being upset about it because suicide is no joke. Um, you know, levels of suicide are, are, are incredibly high and it's, it's one of those things, right? I'll never forget in like, we, we had this quiz when I was in, in elementary school. I think I was in like the fifth grade or something like that. And the teacher asked, um, how the fuck do I remember this? Uh, um, the teacher asked, what is a crime that you lose if you succeed and, if you, and you lose if you fail? And I don't know where the answer came from, but I said suicide, committing suicide. And it was right, I guess, because I guess if you think about it, it is right, right? It, like if you jump off a bridge and kill yourself or, you know, whatever, uh, if you commit suicide, then you're dead. So you lose, you lose at life, right? Game over, right? 
But if you don't succeed, you either do bodily harm to yourself, right? So you shoot yourself in the head and you fuck you fucking survive. Then you got a huge gash on your head or whatever. You got a hole in your mouth, you know, where the bullet came out or whatever it may be. But you can also be locked up apparently, like suicide's illegal some places, I guess. Um, or, you know, even if it's not, uh, you can still be kind of put under psychiatric evaluation because you're suicidal, right? So it's, you, you lose if you win and you lose if you lose. You lose if you succeed and you lose if you fail, right? But, so I get where, I get where, I get where people are coming from on that side of the fence, on the side where they're outraged that he posted this and that he was kind of in the video kind of laughing, albeit nervously, like, you know, he's a kid, let's not forget, he's 22 years old, um, but nevertheless, he came across kind of insensitive or whatever, or just not really knowing what the fuck was going on, which is fair enough, because you're walking through a forest where people go to commit suicide. Shouldn't have gone there, and if you did, probably shouldn't have posted the video, and you probably shouldn't have recorded it. Right? So I get it. I get it from that side of the coin. And anybody that's been affected by suicide, there's no joke in this. There's no humor in this. There's no apology that can, you know, that can take away the rehashing or the resurfacing of those feelings that, you know, you, uh, that you would have from that experience of losing someone who took their own life. It must be it must be horrendous, especially if it's like one degree of separation or a direct family member or something like that. I can only imagine how devastating that is. Um, you know, I once uh, dated a girl um, and unbeknownst to me until later on in the actual relationship, which, you know, actually said a lot based on how that relationship ended. But the guy that she was with before me blew his head off with a shotgun. And it ruined her. She was, she was functioning and she's doing great by all accounts now. But during that particular period, that wound was very fresh. And I saw the pain that it caused her and her family and the guy's family as well. And his friends and, you know, associates, whatever. Um, so it's fucking horrible, right? It's horrible because it leaves a wake of um, sadness and tragedy after the person's gone. A lot of people say, you know, it's a coward's way out. And when I was younger, uh, I, I used that kind of phrasing around suicide. Um, uh, when I was younger, I, I, I did. I thought, I thought a pussy takes their own life. Someone who's not man enough to fucking handle it, not, to, not man enough to deal with it. They take their own life. And it's simply not true. You know, what we know now about mental illness and depression and, you know, how uh, how medication can affect these things and how anxiety can escalate and, you know, so on and so forth. There are so many extenuating circumstances that I just don't hold that belief anymore that, that suicide is for cowards. Um... So my sympathy is with is with those people who have seen this video and have 
you know, been a bit shook up by it. I get it. I get it. Completely empathize with those people. Um, and it fucking sucks. You know, we live in a world of content. We live a world, we live in a world of, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. And I don't mean that just from a, from a gun pun, you know, and, uh, and, and relating it to that, but it's literally like, we're so quick to film everything, right? It's like people would rather watch a concert through their camera than put the camera down and actually watch it while they're in the stadium, right? It's, it's, it's fucked up, right? Like you see something, you go to an event or something like that, and there's more people looking through their iPhones than actually experiencing what's going on. They're experience, they're experiencing it through a filter that they're imposing on themselves. It's fucking weird. It's fucking weird. Um, and that's the kind of society that we're in now, right? That's the kind of society that we're in. Um, but so my thoughts on it are the kid should not have posted the video. He's got 17 million followers and guess what? They're going to be there tomorrow. You could leave this one out, right? Or you could do a way better fucking job editing it and keep the people out of it because that's just stupid. You don't fucking show dead people on a YouTube video about, you know, walking through a suicide forest wearing a fucking unicorn hat, you idiot. You know, like, people get comfortable in these spaces and then they think that there is, there's nothing that they have to consider. It's just, you know, it's just a torn pocket syndrome. It's, you know, you just kind of flapping at the mouth. You don't, you, you don't think before you speak. Well, you know, these guys don't think before they act. They're impulsive, right? It's all impulse. And, um, and he shouldn't have done it, in my opinion. He shouldn't have done it. He should have deleted it or he should have done a lot better job editing it so that there weren't any actual dead people in the video. You can do that very, very, very easily. So anyways, but then I think, oh, um, well, looking at it, he actually didn't do anything that bad. And why are we, why are we persecuting him this way? Uh, because it was insensitive, it was naive, it was dumb, but I don't think it was malicious. And I don't think he meant to really offend anybody by it, but it was a dumb shit move. He shouldn't have done it. And now he's getting crucified for it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because the, the people that support him don't give a shit about this. They wanna see his next prank video. That's all they care about. So he has apologized now twice. Both were ridiculous apologies. And I mean, the second one was clearly scripted. Um, but then even when he apologizes, you get people saying, oh, we didn't apologize good enough. You know, the degree or the level of apology wasn't good enough. He should have put out the suicide prevention hotline and, you know, the links to this site and the links to this counseling site and blah, 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 blah. And everybody wants to be a fucking justice warrior and everybody's got something to say. And meanwhile, he's a 22-year-old idiot that somebody put a camera in front of his face and told him to do some dumb shit 
and created a, a community around that. That's all he is. He's not a fucking social, uh, he's not a social standard bearer. He's not a, he is not a iconoclast. He's not a person to be revered. He has contributed the sum zero of fucking nothing to the world because he's a 22 year old kid. So maybe we either cut him some slack, say he's a dumb shit and either move on with it or people who support him need to stop, but they won't. So nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen with that. Um, but it goes back to the accountability thing, right? How do we hold, you know, people accountable? Should we hold, you know, who should we hold accountable? And what the fuck makes us, you know, judge, jury and executioner, you know, I mean, if he wants to walk around in suicide forest film a bunch of dead people, put it on YouTube, isn't the responsibility on YouTube? Isn't it for them to pull the content down if they deem it inappropriate, vulgar, or uh, insensitive? I mean, they fucking do it anyways, you know? Pick and choose what they like to, to remove. Um, you know, hit you with copyright infringement for the smallest minor infraction, but you can easily go on there and, and watch somebody get their head chopped off you know, or watch this idiot walking around in a forest, you know, filming dead people. Apparently one guy, you know, just did it that morning. His hands were still purple and shit. Um, you know, and it's on the, it's on the people who view it, right? It's on, it's on the people that consume it. It's on the, uh, yeah, it's on the audience, right? The market speaks for what we allow and what we don't allow, which is why the accountability for, you know, getting somebody like Donald Trump out of office is down to the voters. It's down to the voters to put the pressure on the senators and the congressmen to provide an ultimatum. If you support a man that makes baseless threats on social media, who has the most powerful, powerful position in the world, if you support a person like that, you do not get my support quite simple. You speak with your pocket, right? Your pocket in this instance is not the cash or the credit that you're going to pull out to buy an iPhone. It's going to be the pen that you pull out of your pocket to mark your voting card, right? Still got value, still got value. And with that, <clears throat> with that ability to voice your opinion or to make a motion that, you know, that effectively commoditizes your opinion, that's the only way you'll get any change done. So it, again, it's all about accountability, guys. Um, but, you know, it's 2018 and everybody's got a, a fresh leaf to turn over if you believe in that. Um, so I hope it goes well for you. Uh, what the fuck else is going on? Oh, yeah, Logan Paul, that is his name. Logan Paul. What else? Apparently the guy that runs Alibaba doesn't like being a billionaire. China's richest man said he said he was happier when he was poor. Well, that's just a bank transfer. We can make that shit happen again. Um, you know, 
I don't want to hear that shit, to be honest with you. Uh, too many people are starving to make stupid fucking comments like that. Especially when this guy's clearly living out every fantasy he has when he goes to his Christmas parties or his annual conferences dressed as Michael Jackson doing the fucking moonwalk on stage in front of all of his workers. Don't tell me this guy's having a tough time of it. The guy's mental. And, uh, and he seems like he's having a very, very good time. Um, so fuck him. And yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Hmm. UFC was this past weekend. Card was boring as shit. Main event was okay. Cyborg's a monster. She beat the shit out of Holly Holm for five rounds. That was great. Uh, she's the greatest female fighter of all time. It's not debatable. Uh, I don't see anybody out there that's going to even give her too tough of a time. Uh, she was walking through Holly's punches, and when they were trading, there was only one person in that contest that was feeling any of that damage, and that was Holly, and her face showed that after the fight because she looked like the kid from... or she looked like um, she looked like Sloth from the Goonies, the Hey You Guys guy. That's what she looked like. She looked fucking horrible. She got beat up for five rounds by the greatest woman fighter of all time. And I almost... The way that Ronda Rousey went out, I almost... Oh, I wish we could have saw that fight because it would have been so brutal. Cyborg would have fucked her up so bad. But then you've got Holly's camp, some asshole photographer after the fight calling her a, tran a transgender. Or, tra yeah, transgender. You know... Uh, insinuating she looks like a man and making, you know, off-the-cuff kind of insinuations about her past steroid use and all that shit, and it's just not called for. Um, she deserves a bit of respect. She seems like a very nice woman, and she's a fucking savage and a hard-ass worker, so she deserves some, some respect for that. And the Jackson Winklejohn apology that came back, apology not an apology, um, in brackets, was fucking bullshit too. And I don't really like that camp. I've really gone off that camp. I know we've kind of switched lanes here a little bit, but um, yeah, I really don't like it because they seem like, well, for one, you can't say that they didn't know or aid in John Jones's behavior over the past four or five years. You know, Alistair Overeem, fucking going down there it's like you know select it's like the last chance saloon down there in albuquerque and uh and you know i don't there's always been something about that camp that i just didn't like they produce great results and all of that you know they've they've made their bread and butter off of john jones and and people like that but there's something about them i don't like and their response to the criticism um, of the camera guy or the social media guy, whoever the hell it was that made these comments about Cyborg, their apology or their response as an apology to that was was dog shit. And it's, it's really separated even more for me now. I, I really don't like that camp. I really don't like... If that's the way you operate your camp, go fuck yourself. There's a lot, there's a lot more integrity in the sport than that. And... It's just garbage. So fuck you, uh, Jackson Winkle, John Camp. Um, you need to get your shit together and step into uh, 2018 because the way you handled that was dog shit. Um, and you should be ashamed of yourselves, whoever runs the PR over there for you guys. Um, and 
I, I'm not a supporter of you guys anymore. And I was for a long, long time. Um, but yeah, go, you can, yeah, fuck, fuck you guys. Um, so, uh, what else? I mean, that card was so bad. It was so boring. Um, but at least we got to see Khabib, uh, brutalize Edson Barbosa. <clears throat> I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, once he gets a hold of you, you know, there's not really much you can do about it. But for as dominant as he was, I was kind of surprised that he didn't finish um, Barbosa. I would have expected if he had that much control over the fight, which he did, because at one time he had a triangle around the guys around Barbosa's knees, and he was just like caterpillaring along the side of the ring or around the around the side of the octagon with him and just punching him in the face and like squidging along, punching him in the face, squidging along, punching him in the face before Barboza actually got up. But for Barboza, you know, it's almost more impressive for Barboza to have survived it um, than it was to see what Khabib actually did to him because Barboza is not a grappler. Um and he, you know, he got a, a, couple, a couple of times. But saying that, he fucking ragdolled Abel Trujillo um, like 21 times in their fight. And that's just ridiculous. So, you know, Khabib's a monster. But I would like to see. He's not going to fight Connor. That's not going to happen. Connor's going to fight Tony next. Or he's going to have a boxing match next. Or some weird shit. Um, so likely it will be Tony and Khabib at some point this year. And that would be an interesting fight because Tony's got great cardio. He's phenomenal on the ground. It's a, it's a different beast altogether than what he was doing to Barbosa. He's not. I don't think he'll do that to to Tony Ferguson. And uh, and, and fuck, I want to see that fight. I was hyped for it before Khabib uh, almost died on his weight cut, and I want to see that fight. So uh, that would be great. Connor's not happening. Khabib and Connor will not happen. Ever. It's definitely not happening next. If it ever happens, will be a, a real surprise, a real shock. I don't see it. Um, so let's uh, let's let's campaign for the for the Tony fight and, and get that going uh, because it seems like Khabib's got his shit together now. He clearly wants to get a title in that weight class and then go up to one seventy. But he made a report saying he wants to go down to one forty five as well, which is just seems ridiculous to me. You know his kidney shut down getting to 155 albeit didn't have his nutrition sorted um but another 10 pounds i mean he looked pretty gaunt at 155 at the weigh-ins um i can't imagine where he would get another 10 pounds off uh off of his frame from but you know whenever we'll see i'd like to see him go to 170 uh, i think he would dominate the welterweight division i think he would feel a lot better he performed fantastically and uh, and, I, and I think he'd be a wrecking ball at 170. Um, the rest of the card was not really worth talking about at all. Um, so I guess after UFC 219, there aren't really any questions that have come out of it other than the kind of who's Khabib going to fight next. Um, in terms of in terms of cyborg, the only question there is, what the fuck are they going to do with her? Um, they've got this, what's her name, Megan Anderson chick that's uh, that could come over and apparently they're trying to make that fight work uh, next. But there's also Amanda Nunez that's been thrown in. She said she would fight her, but that's tough. She would have to come up um, 
she would have to come up 10 pounds to fight Cyborg. And I just, I just don't see how that works out well for Nunez. But she's got great striking, so we'll see. Um, so yeah, not really too, too much coming out of 219. 220 is going to be a savage card. Can't wait for that. Heavyweight title fight, light heavyweight title fight. Fingers crossed everybody makes it uh, to the event unscathed and healthy. Uh, because I want to see, I want to see what Stipe can do to Ngano, and I want to see what Cormier is going to do to Ozdemir. I don't think I'm having trouble convincing myself that either title is going to change hands. I think they stay where they are. I think Stipe, I think Stipe is going to have a game plan for Ngannou. We haven't seen Ngannou go any sort of distance. We've seen Stipe do some distance, although, you know, he is a knockout guy. Um, but he's been in the title fights. And if he beats Ngannou, he'll be the, not the winningest, but have the most title defenses in heavyweight history, I think. Um, and, you know, don't forget, he's got five knockouts in a row as well. So... You know, he can he can put a motherfucker out just like Ngannou can. But, you know, Ngannou's very dramatic and he almost he almost disconnected Overeem's head from his shoulders, which was really, really hard to watch. But, you know, he's a devastating guy. Uh, and if he catches you, you're going to go out. No doubt about it. I just think Stipe's going to have a plan. And he's a, you know, he's a good man. He's, he's a good, uh, he's a good old, just old-fashioned tough guy. And uh, so that's going to be a hell of a fight. Cormier. Um, Ozdemir, I can't wait. I can't wait. I love Daniel Cormier. I think he's amazing. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. I think he's completely underappreciated and underrated. Um, he's never lost. The only guy he lost to was John Jones, and he lost to him twice, and both times he was on steroids. So I can wipe those in my mind. You know, Cormier won a Grand Prix in heavy, in the heavyweight division, and you know, for a guy who's like five foot eight, it's just it's incredible. He he's such a beast. Um, so I'm really interested in that fight and seeing what's going to happen. Uh, but that's coming up, I think, uh, a couple weeks time. I don't have the date in front of me. Um, yeah, but it's going to be a hell of a fight. Um, so yeah, New Year's starting off with some interesting bits, uh, everything is good on this side, I can't wait to get video going so you guys can see my puppies, um, but I think we're going to wrap it up because there's not too much else going on, I don't think, what did we cover, we covered, uh, the New Year, we covered resolutions, accountability, Trump, I'm not going to go into him every fucking episode because I could do an episode on him every single day. Um, we'll get back to him. He's already fucked up. Uh, oh yeah, Steve Bannon came out and said basically that the, um, the meeting that him and Jared, uh, him, Jared Kushner, Trump and Paul Manafort had was treasonous and somebody should have called the FBI straight away. And that's what you get when you put an asshole like Steve Bannon close to you and then you fuck him off. He's going to turn on you. <laughs> There's no loyalties with that cocksucker. That's for sure. Um, what else? I got to jump on a conference call in about half an hour, so I'm going to get ready for that. Right, I'm going to sign off. Uh, if you guys like the podcast, um, subscribe in the iTunes app. Uh, give us a like, 
give us a rating, give us some comments. Any feedback is always appreciated. Um, and we'll see you next time. All the best. I'm, uh, I'm Daryl, and this is The Quiet Part Loud, Episode 5. Peace.